Hey everybody, what is going on? This is your boy Christian Israel and you are tuned into the New Creation Capital Podcast. Normally Monday through Friday, this is the place where we discuss investment news, news of the stock market, news of digital assets, and news of just the general world. However, today is the Sabbath, it's a Saturday, and I'd like to give you a different type of news, a different type of investment news, investment in your soul, investment in the internal word of God, and today we're going to talk about the good news of the gospel. So, Before you leave, give me just a few minutes of your time to change up your perspective on the world right now and listen to what God has to say to you. Every weekend, this is what I do. I preach to you something out of the scriptures and the way it works is I pray in the morning over my Bible and I ask the Lord to guide me and to show me what I should talk about on my Sunday scriptures. Now I know the Sabbath is a Saturday. I just like Sunday scriptures because honestly it just kind of sounds good, right? But I record this on the Sabbath, which is a Saturday. And today what the Lord showed me was something out of James. Now James is like my favorite, one of my favorite, favorite books in the Bible. And what James does, well, who James is, is he's the half brother of Jesus of Yeshua, right? So James was also the last believer, happened to be the closest to Jesus and the last believer. And I believe he wrote us a book here a little less than 2,000 years ago. And this book is kind of about how to be a follower of Jesus 101. What do we do as followers of Jesus? And so when I read this, I'm like, man, this is like, here's the how-to manual, right? And what I came across today is when I opened my Bible and, and asked the Lord to show me what to speak about, I opened up to James chapter 4. And so what I want to talk to you guys today is about what it means to humble yourself, right? Humble yourself before God. There's a difference. You know, we, we've heard some songs in the past, you know, um, about humbling yourself. I think Kendrick Lamar Uh, humble, right? But it's never about humbling yourself before the Lord. It's always about humbling yourself before others or a humble brag or, dude, you got to learn to be humble. But what does it mean to humble yourself before the Lord? And when you do this, what, how would the Lord respond according to the word of God? So before I jump into this, um, Let's go ahead and pray. So if you will, if you're, unless you're driving right now, <laughs> close your eyes, bow your head with me, okay? Heavenly Father, first off, thank you so much for another day, Lord. Another weekend, um, your Sabbath, which you told us to keep holy. This is the day you rested, Lord, and this is the day we shall rest in remembrance of the great things that you continue to do for us, Lord. If we can just take one day out of our week, one hour out of our week, Lord, and dedicated to you, Lord, and humble ourselves and put everything to the side. How great will you smile upon us, Lord? How great will you exalt us, Lord? How great will you lift us up? So, Lord, as we talk today about what it means to humble ourselves before you and how we do that, Lord, I ask that you please open my heart, open the person who's listening to this heart, Lord, open their ears, open their mind, just open their spirit and come into this conversation, Lord. Bring your Holy Spirit into our conversation, Lord, so we may experience the greatness of you, Lord, not just in this moment, but through the walk and the rest of our lives, Lord, that we may follow you 
every single day, remember to continuously humble ourselves before you, Lord, so that we may see the footsteps that you have laid for us, so we may see the future that you have laid for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord, for this moment. And thank you, Lord, for the words that you are going to allow to come out of my mouth today. We love you. We praise you. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So let's dive on in, shall we? And I know normally I'm I'm so like energized and pumped and or like overly emotional. <laughs> but today just this is something that just reminds me every day, like Lord willing, if I'm allowed to do something good in the investment. Lord willing, am I able to buy land? Lord willing, am I able to build a house? Lord willing, am I able to buy food? Lord willing, am I able to have good friends? Lord willing, if the Lord wills, can I do this or that? You know, people always seem to think our life is really in our control. And it's not. <laughs> like, we make decisions, we have free will, but everything has to pass through God's hands. Like, right now, did you know you were going to wake up? I mean... Everyone's guaranteed, what, two things in this world? Death and eternal judgment. Those are the only two things guaranteed. Besides that, nothing is guaranteed. We know that everyone dies. And according to the word of God, everyone is judged after we die. Now, what we do on this earth depends on how we're judged. And what do I mean what we do? And this is where I want to jump into James 4. And it goes like this. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires? That battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask... You do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures, you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enemy against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Now that's packed full of things, isn't it? I mean, let's just start from the beginning, shall we? James comes and asks us a question right here. What causes fights and quarrels among you? I mean, open, oh, turn on the news right now. Open your phone. Turn on social media. 
walk outside your door, listen to a conversation in the, in the, I almost said in the market, <laughs> in any store. What causes people to fight and quarrel? He follows up here. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? That's interesting because normally people will fight because of they disagree with someone across for them. Right? And so that's where you see this argument, this debate. But it says, but James says here, you argue with others because of what's going on inside of you. Now, that's deep. That's deep right there. Like, what's going on inside of me is why I battle. And just off the bat, that makes so much sense to me. Now, here's why. I used to be one that gets so fired up and argue with people until I accepted the Lord. Until I asked Jesus to come into my mind, my body, my soul, and my heart. I used to get fired up so easy. Now I get triggered uh, in a different way. I get triggered for people who blaspheme the Lord. That triggers me. But everything else, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really am like, whatever. Because inside of me, I am at peace. And so I, I used to battle with others because of what was inside of me. So think about that. When you are in, a, in an upset mood, how much easier it is for you to trigger, be triggered by somebody else. When you are that joy in your heart, when Jesus gives you that joy, it's easier for you to humble yourself in the presence of others. Okay, man, you're right. You know, I mean, I, I tweeted something out yesterday uh, about something in my space. And it's got 32,000 views on my Twitter. Literally 32,000 views in the last 12 hours. And there are people arguing all over about it. This way or that way. This way or that way. And I just saw it and I just go, is it that serious, man? It's just some information. Why can't people humble themselves behind the screen? You know why? Because there's nothing to keep them accountable. People humble themselves when they feel they're accountable to someone or something. And it, it continues here. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. Now, that's interesting, right? Because we're saying, oh, this is 2,000 years. People don't kill for something they don't have. Have you been on the south side of Chicago? Have you been in the Bronx? Have you been in Compton? Have you been in some of these suburbs? People will kill you for a pair of shoes. People will kill you for money. People will kill you for adultery. People will kill you because you're in the way of something else they want. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. Whew. You covet thy neighbor's wife when you think about that like your desire that person's desire is why you kill so maybe you haven't like physically killed somebody but I know somebody has said oh I could just kill that person oh I could just kill them I'm sure you've said that before that's your desire now, remember, your thought process leads to your actions, right? It really does. Who you think you are, I think it's, I know the Bible says it, but the world will say decant. 
right? The Bible says, take every thought captive. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Your thoughts, your thoughts, that's where it starts. Jesus says, if you hate somebody in your heart, you have committed murder. You've killed somebody if you hate them in your heart. Jesus says, if you lust for somebody, you have already committed adultery. Lust, hate, is in the heart, starts in the mind. Therefore, you have killed somebody. You desire in your mind and in your heart, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot do what you want, get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. We see that right now on the streets. People want a certain thing. They quote-unquote uh, protest or peacefully riot or or whatever it may be. So they fight. They go out and try to take things by force. But James says here, you do not have because you do not ask God. <laughs> like how simple is that? Like, ask God. God will give you what you need, not what you want. Remember, God is in the beginning. God is in the beginning. Everything passes through his hands. You have to ask God before you do anything. Anything. Before you take a job. Before you get in a relationship. You thank God for the food that you eat. Because you did not get it. You did not get it. Oh, I know. You work so hard. You want some credit. Yeah, you worked hard, but who allowed you to get to the work that you're at? Who gave you the legs, the eyes, the mouth, the ears? Who gave you life? Who gave you breath? Who, if you have clients, who birthed those clients into the world? Who gave those clients breath? The scripture says, even if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Guys, you do not have because you do not ask God. And now we're talking the God that you create. We're talking the God of the universe. We're talking the God of creation. We're talking Elohim, Abba Father, Jehovah Jair. You're talking the Redeemer. You're talking the Alpha and the Omega. We're talking the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We're talking Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We're not talking about lighting some candle and praying to some dead God. We're talking about the God who was alive, who is and was and is now coming, who is here. He is alive and well. He did not die. He is not the God of some black cube. He is not the God with six arms. He is not the God of Egypt. He is the God of all creation. Who created the stars in the heavens. Who created life on earth. Who created you and me. 
Where were you when the stars were created, he says to Job. Do you understand the power of God? The power of God. The scripture says, when you ask, you do not receive because you do not, you ask with the wrong motives. Let me read this in context to you. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Lord, can you please give me this music career so I can make a million dollars? Eh, wrong. Lord, I man, look at that girl, Lord. Give me that girl for the night. Eh, wrong. What are your motives? And you can say what your motives are out loud all you want. But God... The creator of all things, the creator of the stars and the heavens, the God of the gods, the gods of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He knows your heart. What's in your heart, you cannot hide from God. You can hide from people. You cannot hide from God. There's this guy named Solomon. Solomon was the son of King David. Now, King David was the man after God's own heart. Now, yeah, he screwed up. He lusted. He committed murder. He tried to hide it up. We all screw up. We're all sinners. And, and now, murder, sin, and lust is no different than lying, stealing, and cheating in God's eyes. Or no different than dishonoring your mother and your father. Or no different than not keeping the Sabbath holy and remembering the Sabbath. All of these sins fall in the same category. Guys, if you tell a lie, that's no different than murdering somebody in God's eyes. Now, in humans, we like to categorize things because we think we're better than each other. Because we don't humble ourselves among the Lord. But here, a man after God's own heart, David, birthed his son Solomon through his mistress, Bathsheba. Now, this was their second child. Their first child passed. And this is their second child. And... King David wanted to build this mighty temple to the Lord. And God said, nope, I'm not going to allow you to build that temple. I'm going to save that temple for your son, for your heir. He's going to build the temple. All right. Solomon is born. Solomon goes about his life. Then he's getting ready to basically, God's going to hand the reins over to the, the Solomon. And God basically says to Solomon, Whatever you ask, I will give you. You know what Solomon asked for? Solomon asked for wisdom. Solomon said, Lord, out of all the things that I know you can grant me, the most important thing is wisdom. He did not have wisdom, but he asked God for wisdom. And he asked and he received wisdom because his motives were in the right place. He wanted the wisdom to follow God. You know what God gave him in return? Not only did God make him one of the wisest men ever to exist, if not the wisest man to exist. I mean, he wrote the Psalms. He wrote the Song of, of Solomon. He wrote Proverbs. 
<coughs> excuse me. So he wrote Proverbs and he wrote the Song of Solomon. The Psalms were written by multiple people. I apologize for that. I just I just thought of that. I meant to say Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes, Song of Psalms, and Proverbs, I believe, were written by King Solomon. Now, not only did he give him wisdom, but he gave him, he made him the richest man in the world at that time. People came all over the world to see him and hear of his wisdom. Now, for those who aren't familiar with the baby, I'm or with with King David, King Solomon. You've heard the the the, the concept where or the story where two women brought. Two women came before King Solomon, one with the baby, one without the baby, and uh, a discussion was made, said, Hi, uh, this woman switched babies with me. She fell asleep on her baby and killed her baby by asphyxiation, and then she switched babies out with me, and now she put the dead baby in my place and took my child. King Solomon, please have her give my child back. And then the other woman said, No, she did all those things. This is my baby. Well, here's how King Solomon responded in all his wisdom. He said, you know what, ladies, since you can't make a decision, I'm going to make it for you. You're going to I'm going to cut this baby in half and you're both going to have half of the baby. Now, in his wisdom, he knew he wasn't going to cut the baby in half. But one woman said, fine, that's perfect. Cut the baby in half. I don't care. The other woman said, no, absolutely not. Just give her to her. Don't hurt my baby. The King Solomon said, that is the baby's mother. The one who said, don't cut him in half. That is truly the baby's mother. That's wisdom. Knowing that the real mother wouldn't want no harm to the child. So when you ask something of God, what are your motives? It, it, uh, the scriptures say, if you, if you ask wisdom of God, how much more will he give you? If you who are a sinner will give your, your your child food when you ask and not a stone, how much more will your father in heaven, who is the creator of everything, give you? But you have to have the right motives. You have to understand who created and who gives. You don't spend what the Lord gives you on your pleasures. You spend them on the kingdom of heaven. You spend them on others. I, I say that this is an investment channel, right? So this investment channel... I say, I can't do anything with these treasures. I don't even know if I'll be able to spend any money that we make through this investment channel. But I know that my, my, my treasures are stored in heaven. So what I do here is temporary. So I don't really care if I win or lose in the money game. I honestly do not. Because I know where I'm going and I know this is temporary. And I tell people, I might be raptured up before I get a chance to spend this money. So that's why I give you the good news of the gospel at the end of every single podcast and specifically dedicated on the Sabbath. You get the news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so when you learn to pray to God, when you actually pray to God, you have to humble yourself and ask the things of your heart. Don't give some fake conversation. He knows it's fake. If your girlfriend or boyfriend knows that you're lying to them, what do you think God knows? He knows you're going to lie before you do it. That's why we have to humble ourselves, guys. The scripture goes on and says, verse 4, You adulterous people, you don't you know that friendship with the world means enemy against God? Enemy against God. That's like, 
I don't know, uh, turning your back on them. Now, people say, well, God created the world, right? So if I'm a friend of the world and I'm a friend of God, no. The scripture says anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Here's why. The world sacrificed Jesus. The world tells you to put yourself in the middle. The world tells you God is who you choose God to be. The world tells you it's okay to do what feels good. The world tells you, don't let that person talk to you like that. You're better than that. The world tells you to divide. The world is Satan's territory. The world and all these religions and all these pagans and all this divisive dialect hidden as peaceful talk that's the world God the creator of everything God the creator of all like everything everything he is who you should want to be your friend now, what sucks, for lack of a better word, right? What sucks is when you realize how powerful God is, it becomes almost fearful. So I realized when I began to fear God's power, that's when I began to respect God. I know that sounds crazy, right? Let me see if I can find a verse for you. It says here. I forgot that like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I think it is. I think that's what the scripture says. I think it's a psalm or a proverb. It might be a proverb. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I never understood that until you think of it this way. If you love your mom, you don't want to upset her. You don't you fear her wrath. You fear that that full look where she looks at you and says your full name. You know you're in trouble. But you love her above all more than you fear her. But you also don't want to upset her. Think of that like God. God is Abba Father. When you realize he can look into the depths of your heart, you really start to look in the mirror and say, Oh man. When I want to snap on my neighbors, or when I want to snap on a friend, or when I want to get really angry, I sit back and I go, what if God just really gave me what I deserved? I would not be breathing right now. And neither would you. Alert, neither would you. Listen to my podcast last week about good people. I think it was last week. Don't you know that your friendship with the world means enemy against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason 
that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell within us. Now I'm going to save this and I'm going to flip over to, uh, what is it, Joshua, if I can find it quickly. Go Flip with me to Joshua. I, I just thought of this. I should have looked it up before so you don't have to hear me flipping through my Bible. And yeah, I actually flip and read through a Bible on here. So Joshua, I think it's chapter one, verse six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to read this to you. Joshua one, verse six to 10. So before I read this, I'm going to read what I just read to you again. Okay. It says, or do you think the scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us? Now let's go to Joshua. This is like the third book in the Bible, fourth book in the Bible, fifth book in the Bible, New Testament. I mean, Old Testament, <laughs> Old Testament. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. So that's some context of where we're at right now. Joshua is being installed as a leader to lead these people into the promised land. Okay? It says he was with Moses. He'll be with Joshua. Be strong. Now, this is where we get. Verse 7. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Don't go right or left of the law to do what you think will be successful. The Ten Commandments, the Mosaic Law that Moses gave us. Don't go to the right or the left. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Keep the law on your lips day and night. Meditate on it. Be careful to do everything that is written on it. Then... Only then will you be prosperous and successful. So if you meditate on the word day and night, you keep it on your lips, then you will be successful. So what is the very first law? Love the Lord with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. Do not put any other gods before him. That's number one. So when you put the world first, you're not putting God first. When you put the world first, you might be earthly successful, but you will not be successful once this world is over with. Eventually, like most of the Hollywood elite, like most of the rich who were dead and empty inside, like me, six years ago, five years ago, empty inside, dead inside. I, I And this is crazy. I use drugs, women, money, fame to fill an emptiness of the world the world cannot fill me at all i i could fake happy all day i used to look in the mirror and smile why because i was practicing what a smile would be for people i had nothing and most of hollywood has nothing that's why they're on social media ranting and raving about 
closing the economy down when they're multi-millionaires because they have nothing better to do. They got to be seen. I used to have to be seen, but I felt no one could actually see me. And then when I saw God and God, I realized God saw me. Now I'm filled with joy. Now God is first. And boy, I know it irks people, but guess what? I don't care. If my love for Jesus Christ irks you, get over it. <laughs> I told you, I get triggered, man. I get triggered when people attack me over Christ, but I couldn't be more proud. I praise the Lord because what he has given me, no human on earth could ever give me. Joy, peace, love, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. And this is what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, has given me through the gift of Jesus Christ. So his jealousy is long because the Spirit he puts on us. The question is that what we are searching for is it actually God. Yes. But what you choose, or maybe your friend chooses, or maybe what you used to choose, is you're chasing things the world tells you to. Yoga. Candle burning. Seances. Devil worship. Bell worship. Abortions. I mean, it's crazy to me, right? People will have abortions because it's going to get in the way of their career. Wow. What if your parents aborted you because you got in the way of their career? And what's crazy is people applaud that. I will never back something that puts abortions or lust rights first. Nope, negative. And I won't, I won't, I won't do it. People today are not humbling themselves before God. They're humbling themselves before a congregation of people that are fallen. When I see churches saying abortion is okay, when I see churches saying gay marriage is okay, when I see churches saying uh, Black Lives Matter movement is okay, when back behind Black Lives Movement is abortion, gay rights, um, and basically anarchy against the Bible. Like now, again, I'm not going to go down the deep hole. Just Google it. Literally Google the organization, churches. People who preach the word of God, humble yourself before the Lord. The scripture goes on and says, but he gives us more grace, even though we are empty and fighting of the world and want the world to be in our life and are doing all these things that divide the churches. Like I can go protest, but I can't go to church. And that's okay because people that are protesting are standing outside of churches, hackling people going into churches. God still gives you grace because you're empty. You're looking for a reason. God is your reason for existence. He says here, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. You proud people in the streets burning and beating people up right now. God opposes you, but he gives grace to the humble. And he tells us right here in verse 7, Submit yourselves then to God. Pause. Submit yourself to God, your creator, the person who gives you life that gives you breath who told your parents not to abort you that person right there that god that king 
that creator, that alpha, that omega, that creator of the world, the stars, the heavens. There are three heavens. The clouds, space, where the God of all gods sit and the throne of the kingdom. What are you praying for? When you pray, I'll pray for you. I hear that so often after another mass shooting, after another person killed in a riot, after um, a car accident, after losing your job. I'll pray for you. Let me ask you this person who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. Who are you praying to? Person who believes it's okay to praise Buddha. Who are you praying to? Because Buddha's dead. Oh, person who's, I'm going to unlock all my chakras through yoga. Who are you praying to? Because Gandhi is dead. I could keep going, but I'm not going to. I just want to know who you're praying to because you're not praying to the God of the creation. If you believe in any other person as your way to God except through Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. You're wrong. And I say that with such confidence because the word of God, who is to stand all time, there are more copies of this book than anything else in the world. 5,000 plus copies, originals, than anything else in the world. But somehow, people deny it. God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. So submit yourselves then to God. When you submit yourself to God, what you're doing is you're resisting the devil. And when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. The reason you're angry, you're upset, you're filled with all this, these things and you're out there putting on your social media lies that you think are truth because the mass media tells you they're true. That's the devil, homie. Beloved, <laughs> you're submitting yourself not to God. You're submitting yourself to the devil, the enemy, the adversary. The devil just comes to kill, steal, and destroy, to divide, to conquer. That is what the devil comes to do. God comes to save you. Jesus came as the last lamb, the ultimate sacrifice, to take on your sin and your shame and your your worldly. Oh man, this is not. This is not pastor. Like your worldly crap, <laughs> right? Like. That's what it is. He didn't getting whipped on his back with the cat of nine tails, uh, getting stabbed in his side, getting nailed in his wrist, in his, his ankles, getting hung on that cross. When you hang on that cross, you know what that does? Alone, just in that position, you can't breathe. You die by asphyxiation. That's when you die on that cross. The way you hang, that's how you breathe. <laughs> until your last breath. Not to mention, they stabbed him in his side and blood and water came out. And when blood comes out, guys, that's like the last part of death. But guess what? 
when Joseph took him down and buried him in the tomb? He did not stay there. He came and he rose from the dead. And when he did that, he defeated death. Unlike any other of these gods you serve. The pagans' symbols you serve. They are no different than 2,000 years ago. They were no different than 6,000 years ago. You are no different. Those who do not submit to God and humble themselves, you serve someone else. But Jesus, who came to save all, allows us to be saved. And it comes here and says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. You have to go to God and he will come near to you. You have to ask Jesus into your heart. You have to ask Jesus into your life. And then he will come into your life. He's already put, as I read to you in Joshua, he's already put the law on our hearts. He's already put the spirit in us and dwell in us. He's already done that. Wash your hands, you sinners. We're all sinners, sir. We're all sinners, and he asks us to purify our hearts and don't be double-minded. Don't ask for God for something in order to spend it with the devil. Whatever you ask from God, use and walk with God. Pray to God without ceasing, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, what are the desires of your heart if you pray to God and you humble yourself? Your desires are given to you from God, which go into your heart. And now God gives you what you need, not what you want. If what you want is wisdom from God, then he will give you what you need, which is the peace of God. Now, stuff is still going to happen. My life is not easy. But the way I walk now is much easier. No strife. I'm, I, I still go back and forth on my, my lust or my mind because I'm human. But I submit myself to God and those thoughts don't last long. The Lord continues to bless me in ways I never imagined. Even when I thought it was all over, he continued to bless me. So therefore, I continue to submit myself to him because he has not let me down. He has never failed me. Because when he says grieve, mourn and wail he's talking about the people who are laughing and enjoying the devil change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom understand that when you pass here it is over for you you are going to be tortured in your second death instead receive life after death and he says here humble yourself before the lord and he will lift you up humble yourself before the lord Humble yourself. Get on your knees and pray to Jesus Christ. Ask him to come into your life because Jesus Christ is alive. And you can be made alive through Christ. And now, as I say, you need to have a conversation because if you are filled with pain and emptiness or trying to go from relationship to relationship, trying to find a man or a woman to make you happy, it's not going to happen. Jesus Christ is going to make you happy. But you have to put your pride to the side. God opposes the proud, but give grace to the humble. Whoever exhausts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exhausted. Exalted. Humble yourself before the Lord. Humble yourself before the Lord.
Take time, speak to Christ, invite him into your life. Get to know him. Open up a Bible. This is a one-on-one -on -one conversation between you and Jesus. This is not about religion. It's about relationship. I'll leave you with this note. He is the creator. He is the redeemer. Do you know Jesus? Ask him into your life. Ask him into your heart. And he will come into your life and he will change it in unimaginable ways. Just like he did for me. Thank you guys for hanging out with me today. I'm your boy Christian Israel. You know what it is. Jesus is number one. Until next time, guys, God loves you. I love you. You are loved. This is New Creation Capital Podcast. This is a place where we discuss the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next time, guys, peace and love. Later, guys.